Welcome to the Modern Direct Seller Podcast, where we talk about strategy, training, and systems to help you reach big goals and find success in direct sales. I'm your host, Becky Launder, a San Diego mama, marketing junkie, and sales strategist that has built several six-figure businesses and is on a mission to share the new modern ways to rock your biz. If you're a go-getter direct seller and looking for actionable strategies, you are in the right place. This is for you. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I am here today with one of our Modern Direct Seller Academy members, Haley Chapman, and I can't wait for you to hear our conversation. But before we get started, I wanted to just share a little intro about Haley, share her background with you. She has an advanced degree in applied mathematics, so she is a number cruncher at heart. She loves animals analytics, and metrics. She co-owned and operated a tutoring company for over 10 years, closed it to take care of her father for a while, and then stepped back into the corporate world. In the corporate world, she was running the credit department of a textile company, also managing the customer service department. Oh my goodness, her plate was full. And as of early 2021, officially stepped away from that corporate world to focus on raising and co-parenting her two stepdaughters and really following her true love of education as she has built a drug sales business with Osborne Books and more. So I can't wait for you to hear her amazing advice. We are going to get into a conversation about how online dating has a lot to do with direct sales. So stay tuned for that and enjoy this episode. Give us a little bit of advice. So for those that are new to direct selling, what are your best tips? I'm so glad you asked. Um, So I have (laughs) the fortune or misfortune, however you want to call it, of having a background already in owning a business. So for me, the fact that I'm in direct sales and considering it my own business isn't super challenging, but I know that a lot of people when they enter direct sales have a difficult time kind of navigating what that means. And so my biggest advice is to acknowledge that in direct sales, you are a business owner. You're not an employee. You own your business, you run it. And so that means that as a business owner, you need to take ownership over the finances of your business and to treat your business like a business when you're interacting with you know, your potential customers and clients, even though in the beginning, they're your best friends and your family, (laughs) you know, still treat it as if it's a business and that those are your customers and providing customer service for them. Yes. I know. I feel like most people enter direct sales and then maybe later on start a business. So you're you're a little bit in reverse, which I think is so helpful because I do think that if you haven't owned your own business before, when you walk into direct sales, you're kind of like, okay, like who who's going to tell me what to do? Where, like, <laughs> What time do I have to show up for this job? And what yeah. what are the steps I need to take to be successful? And it's so true. It's It's one of those things 
things. What you put into it is what you get out of it. And you are your own boss and you do have to really take ownership of that, which um, can maybe feel a little bit differently if that's not something you've done before. Yeah, for sure. What's funny, when I was first filing my taxes after I entered the corporate world and had, you know, like I was an actual employee for the, literally for the first time in my life, um, I brought all of my, um, all of my expenses, <laughs> which, you know, for people who don't love talking taxes, maybe that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But after <laughs> running a business for 10 years, I was so used to tracking my expenses and all of my write-offs and all of that. And I brought, I brought like all of my expenses and all my write-offs and my accountant was like, oh no, you, that's no. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get to do that anymore. I'm like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> Like I, I better go own a, own a business quick. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I don't have to track this anymore. So weird. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. What you do need to track as a direct seller. So you're you're a number cruncher. You have a degree in applied mathematics. You understand finance. So, you know, what should direct sellers really know when it comes to finance? Like, what are the basics that they need to yeah. know? Awesome. Um, okay. First disclaimer, going to throw it out there. I'm not an expert. I'm not a tax expert. So definitely consult a tax professional and accountant. Um, but I'm happy to share what has worked for me for many years. So my first bit of advice in terms of finances for your business is absolutely 100% open a separate bank account immediately. <laughs> if you haven't done it yet, do it now. It's so much easier come tax time and when you're trying to, you know, kind of parcel through everything that happened throughout the year, so much easier and cleaner when you have a separate account that you use solely for your business. Um, And that's where you'll set up your direct deposit for your commission checks. And if you use Venmo or PayPal, Square, you know, any of those that you want to attach to that business account just so that you don't kind of mix it or intermingle it with your personal accounts, especially if you have a joint account and like a spouse or significant other who's also getting deposits and, you know, money in and out of there. So that is my first recommendation, probably the easiest one to do. I love that. And you don't even necessarily have to open like a business checking, just keeping things separate from your personal finances is going to be a major step in the right direction, right? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So most banks actually charge a fee for business accounts. And if you're not ready to do that, then don't worry about a business account, even though it's for your business, you know, just open up a second personal checking account that you use for business and that's fine. Right. Um, Especially if it has a fee attached to it, which, you know, we're trying to minimize costs on things. Although... That fee would be a write-off. <laughs> true, true, right? <laughs> yeah, so so getting into that, the second bit of advice in terms of running a business, if you're pretty well-established and comfortable with where you're at and what you're earning, I highly recommend prepaying quarterlies um, and your tax accountant can go through that with you and get you the forms and let you know how much you can prepay. Um, that's that's probably the easiest way to avoid any sort of snafus with the IRS. If that's a little terrifying, which I understand (laughs) can be, (laughs) then, then don't go there yet, especially if you're new. 
Um, and I recommend when you're opening up your second checking account that you open up a second savings account as well. And the reason is if you've been an employee, your employer takes out taxes from your paycheck. And then that's usually when you get a tax return, you know, come tax time. Right. As a business owner, as an independent contractor, as a 1099, you do not have that anymore. So I highly recommend that if you can figure out kind of where you're at in your tax bracket, or if you look through what percentage of your previous income or your spouse's income gets taken out for those taxes, then put that into savings right away. Like every time you get a direct deposit, transfer a percentage of it to your savings account so that when tax time does come, you have a little nest egg there. Um, I will be perfectly honest. I'm saying this from experience. When I was owning, when I was running the tutoring business, I had a year of substantial growth and it didn't occur to me at the time that that would impact my income taxes. (laughs) And so when, when April came around, I had a $5,000 tax bill that I was not anticipating and I was not prepared for. And it was a punch to the gut. (laughs) It was like, oh, no way. Um, And again, that was, I had experienced a tremendous amount of growth that year over the year before. So that, which is why I wasn't anticipating that. So I highly recommend that you just, you know, stock, stockpile some money away so that when tax time does come, if you do get hit with the bill, you have it there. So put it in a savings account and then forget it's there until tax time. (laughs) Such good advice because you never want to be blindsided and, you know, having that money set aside come tax time. If you do owe anything, then that would be, that would be the time to tap into it. And Hey, if you, if you don't, then that's a bonus, right? And you can, you can spend it then. (laughs) Reward yourself, you know, like, congratulations. I've saved, I've saved this money all year. (laughs) Treat yourself. I love that. I love it so much. And I think that, you know, one other thing just related to finance and direct sales, um, which ties right in with having a bank account and looking to see how much money is in that bank account is really just this focus on profitability. And this is something that that I talk about a lot, but, you know, being in direct sales, your company gives you a whole lot of really great incentives. Like whether you have a car bonus or you have an incentive trip or even just fun little things that you're getting mailed every month, maybe it's free product based on your sales performance. That is always based on your sales performance. Everything in your back office is your total sales volume. What isn't often looked at is actually what your take-home pay is. So what that, that actual profit is in your business. So that would be another metric that I think is important to track. And it isn't always that obvious because you know, in direct sales, we're checking our our back office or our dashboard on a regular basis to see what our numbers look like, but also keeping a focus on your bank account and how much money you have in there from month to month is so, so important because that's really what we care about is that profitability. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. I mean, for sure, if you're spending more money than you're making, then 
then we got a problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's not, that's not the goal <laughs> of any, of any business, you know, you're trying to maximize your profits for sure. Absolutely. Well, and one thing that I love about direct sales, which is is different than having your own business, is that you can get yourself into profitability mode pretty quickly. So, you know, most traditional businesses, you have some significant investments that you're making as you're starting that business. But being in direct sales, you can kind of just step into it and start making money which is uh, definitely, you know, one of one of the benefits is that there is a low investment to start. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> shifting gears a little bit, Haley. So let's talk a little bit about you have an approach called don't take it personal. So I I want to hear about your don't take it personal <laughs> approach. Okay, so <laughs> this is really funny. I treat business outreach the same way I used to treat online dating when I was in the dating world. And I met my, I met, I met my husband online. Um, but when I first started online dating, you know, you would send message. I don't know, Becky, have you ever online dated? Have you ever done that? I haven't online dated, but that, so I, maybe, so I got married one. too young, I guess. <laughs> I missed that vote. <laughs> So, so tell but, us about online dating, Haley. Yeah. Let's go a totally different direction. <laughs> like a whole different direction. So with online dating, which is very much like business prospecting, <laughs> is, you know, there's, from my experience, there's just a lot of people that you're, you know, looking through and like consider just like your Facebook, you know, like you're just, there's a lot of people to go through. And so with online dating, depending on which platform you use, you're sending out messages or you like, you know, like you click the, you like them or whatever. And when I first started with online dating, I had just gotten out of a long-term relationship. And so I was, you know, fairly inexperienced in the dating world. And I would take it so personally, if I would send out an email or a message to some guy that I, you know, was interested in and I got no reply, I'd be like, ew, why doesn't he like me? I'm so cool. (laughs) How rude is he? And then after several years of going back and forth into online dating, I eventually adopted this mentality of, you know, it's fine. If they don't message me back, then that's not meant to be. I'm not for him. He's not for me. No big deal. Moving on to somebody who does, you know, want to be with me or expresses interest in me. So it's the same approach that I take with business, especially when you're doing your initial outreach, when you're first starting out you're sending those messages when people don't respond, you know, especially if it's like your friends or your family or, you know, acquaintances, don't take it personally. It's one of those, you know, they're not interested in what you have to offer and that's okay. And maybe it's for no other reason than they've just got too much on their plate right now, whatever it is, it's totally okay. So just because they're not interested in hosting or joining or buying, whatever your message was about, it doesn't mean that they're the world's worst human. And it doesn't mean that you're the world's worst human. Like, oh my God, they didn't respond. They probably hate me. <laughs> like, you know, at the end of the day, it's one of those, no, right. it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with where they're at. You're not offering them something that they currently need or want. And that's okay. I think that's, I mean, that's gold. That is such good advice right there because I do think that, you know, especially when you're new to direct sales or if you're just getting started or shoot, I mean, even after you've been doing it for a couple of years, sometimes 
you feel that that rejection is personal, right? Yeah. Like you feel like they're personally rejecting you as a human being and nobody likes to be rejected. Yeah. So I think separating <laughs> that out, right? So you're you're really differentiating, you know, they're just not really interested in that product or that business right now versus me as a person is is so so important. Yeah. And it's agreed the first time because I've I've dabbled in a few different direct sales companies and Again, same like when I was first starting out with online dating and taking everything so personally, you know, it's hard to not take it personally in the beginning when you're new, especially when it's people that you know well, (laughs) that's probably the hardest, but, um, you know, like Becky, your cookie analogy that you've told in the past, like is a fantastic way to wrap your mindset around that is just, you're offering something they're declining for whatever reason. And that's a hundred percent. Okay. And that doesn't mean that you should just give up and don't be discouraged by that. You know, it's, it's one of those like, okay. And sometimes you can grow from your no, mm-hmm. um, grow so, from your no. <laughs> yeah. So what I mean by that is sometimes it is you, <laughs> Not to negate everything I just Let's said. Let's get real here. <laughs> I don't want to negate everything I just said, but you know, if you're cold calling and you're just kind of like, you haven't talked to somebody in five years. And the first time that you reach out to them is like a, Hey, I started this business, buy my stuff. You know, like yeah. that can, maybe you can grow from why they've said no or learn from it in some way. And maybe you can start to gain the perspective of maybe I should engage with people and get to know where they're at because maybe they don't want to buy my books because they don't have kids. They don't really have anybody know anybody who has kids. So like offering them a children's book is kind of bizarre, uh, you know? (laughs) So, um, so I think it's just one of those things that's important that, you know, if you continue to get no after no, after no, like just check yourself, (laughs) right? Ask somebody, hey, I've been sending this message out and I'm not getting any responses. Or, hey, I've sent this to five people and I've gotten five no's. Like, how can I do this better, right? So what about it in my approach can I tweak or can I change to, to get a better end result, right? Yeah, Absolutely. And in direct sales, I think our most common no that we really get is a no response. Truly. Um, I think more people are inclined to just pretend they never saw a message than to, you know, politely decline or like, so, you know, say yeah, no, they just you. ghost you. Yeah. Which, you know, like when you're, when you haven't talked to someone in five years and the first thing that you've said to them is, Hey, do you want to buy my stuff? Like it's, it's kind of putting an awkward strain on that relationship because you guys aren't super close. So, um, I think that's okay too. Like if they're not responding to you, then that's another opportunity to grow from your no and the no response aspect of it and just say like, why, why wouldn't they respond? Like maybe I can word it differently or maybe I can just have more genuine interaction before letting them know what I'm doing or what's going on or, or what I have to offer. That genuine, authentic interaction, which all goes back to that relationship building. Um, You said that it might put an awkward strain on that relationship, which was very politely said. I would say you're being gross and spammy. (laughs) 
<laughs> right? Like, if you're just straight up messaging somebody you haven't talked to in forever and throwing up your product in their face, like, yeah, you're that girl all of a sudden, right? <laughs> and so I think it is like, how do you change your approach to get a better outcome? Um, and as you've been talking about online dating and the not take it personal approach, I just keep thinking back to that movie. He's just not that into you. Oh yes. (laughs) Because part of it though, it it is, it's a numbers game, whether you're online dating or you're building a business, it's the more people that you're getting in front of, the more likely you're going to get yeses and not get those no's. So anyway. (laughs) And you know, like speaking of that movie, that's awesome because be the girl who wants to know, you know what I mean? Like when he first says like, Oh, and the, I mean, I don't know if you know, but the book was, the movie was based on a book and the book was based on an episode of sex in the city. And the episode was when they were like Miranda and Carrie were out having drinks with Carrie's new boyfriend. And the boyfriend told Miranda something like, Oh no, he's just not that into you. And she wanted to know more, like, why, like, why do you say that? You know, because her girlfriend's like, oh no, you know, just, you know, just play hard to get, you know, like just giving her girl advice. And then the boyfriend came in and was like, no, he's just not that into you. you you. Yeah. And she's like, oh my gosh, tell me more. (laughs) Right. You know, so like, I, I wholeheartedly agree that you should take, like adopt that mentality of, oh my gosh, tell me more. Like, why do you say that? Why should I just move on? Like, why waste my time? focusing on this situation when, you know, my time can be better spent and more fruitful in another, you know, if I move on to the next thing, you know, absolutely. And another way to get used to the no is to just keep asking, you know, and if you want to start getting practice with rejection, just start asking ridiculous questions to maybe the people you're closest to in the beginning, just like ask them really ridiculous questions that you know that they're going to say no to just if you need to hear it a few times, (laughs) just to get used to it and grow, you know, some thick skin. Just to get comfortable with it. Because I I think that that's part of it is overcoming that fear of rejection. And so often we're we're throwing all the movie analogies out here. You know, people (laughs) kind of have a failure to launch (laughs) (laughs) because, because they don't want to ask and they're afraid that they're going to get a no and getting a no is, part of this business. And it's not super fun, but when you can separate it out from it being a very personal no to a no, I'm just not that into your product or your business. It is much easier to move forward. Oh, for sure. And I, you know, we said in the beginning, I have a unique perspective on direct sales because I was formerly a business owner in the traditional sense. And I, I like to draw analogies back to my, my previous business that I owned a tutoring company. I offered a service. And if I came across someone who, you know, in conversation or what have you casually mentioning that their kid was struggling in school, I had no problem at all saying, Oh my gosh, I own a tutoring business. You know, how can I help? What can I do? And if you can, yeah, if you can approach your direct sales business in the same way, like if just in conversation, like, how can I help? What can I do? You know, whether you're in skincare or whatever it is, you have a product that helps in some way. And you can adopt that mentality of that you're reaching out to help people. 
I love that. And and really just kind of, yeah, switching your perspective on it, that you're here to help, you're here to serve, you're not here to spam people or sell yeah. them on something. You have a great product and if they're into it, they're going to be into it and they're going to make a purchase from you or host a party or, or join your team. Um, but I think you're right. Not everyone is. And as a direct seller, of course, you're with your company because you love, love, love that product that you're selling and that business you've created. Um, but I think it's also important to remember that maybe not everyone is as excited about it as you are. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how that's possible, but (laughs) sometimes that can be a tough pill to swallow. Right. I know. I'm actually used to that again, math nerd. So I'm always loving talking metrics, which, you know, not everybody's as excited about that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So we're going to bring it full circle then. You know, if you're tracking your yeses and your noes, that's a good number to look at. You know, how many times do you have to ask a question to get a yes? And you know, kind of keeping tabs on that. Absolutely. When I um, first started with Usborn, I actually had a chart of no's. And I think it had, um, either 50 or a hundred no's like the word no written on it. And I would literally, every time I got a no, I would just check it off because by the time you get to the end of the chart, if you get hundred no's, then in general, that means you got at least 10 to 15 yeses. You know what I mean? So that means like you're going through it and you're not harboring resentment or anything over those no's. You're just like, okay, got to know, moving on. Yeah. So that by the time you finish it, you know that you got all those no's for sure. But how many yeses came out of it? And that's like on the backside of the chart I used to track was, um, you know, like how many parties did you book? How many orders did you, you know, did you confirm that type of thing? I love that. Okay, so we all need a no checklist. We don't need to do fancy (laughs) math. We just need a little bit of a checklist to mark off each time we're getting a no, each time we're getting a yes. Super practical. I love that. Okay, so Haley, as we wrap up, where can we connect with you? All right. Um, Well, I am all over the place, but you can send me an email if you have any questions, but not tax questions. (laughs) (laughs) She's a number cruncher, but don't, (laughs) let's not go there. (laughs) But I'm not a tax expert. So, but um, you can email me at hello at haleysbooknook.com where you can also find me just at haleysbooknook.com. And on Facebook, I have a Facebook group called Haley's Book Nook. And on Instagram and Pinterest, I'm at Haley's Red 93. This episode of the Modern Direct Seller podcast is sponsored by the Modern Direct Seller box. This monthly subscription box is curated for direct sellers who love useful and fun stuff. Each box includes items to help you work your biz, grow your biz, stand out online, and treat yourself. It also includes a training to think outside the box. Snag next month's surprise box at moderndirectsellerbox.com. 
This review is from I Hate Timers. <laughs> That's a hilarious handle. And they say, Becky is the real deal and her tips and tricks will help you truly level up your business. Thanks a ton, I Hate Timers. If you're listening and want to leave me a review, I would so appreciate it. Reviews help people find the show and mean so much to me personally. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Modern Direct Seller Podcast. For more sales tips, strategy, and tools for your direct sales business, visit your one-stop shop, myconsultanttraining.com. Until next time, get out there and go rock your direct sales biz.